0: Hello, it's Lee Salisbury here. Welcome to Soap from the Box, the TV behind-the-scenes podcast where the biggest stars come to talk. But it's Friday, which means it's time to go retro for spin-off show Pop from the Box. Last week, it was the turn of Richie Neville from Five. This week... It's a boy band who had the most members, I think, in the history of boy bands. Remember, though, if you're a soap fan, listen to Lucy Fallon that dropped on Monday from Coronation Street. She returns to Coronation Street after Christmas as Bethany Platt. On Monday, what a treat. Annette Badland, she was Aunt Baby in EastEnders, and she was also a main star of Ted Lasso, one of the best TV shows for years and years and years. Have a great weekend, listen to this, and enjoy. Enjoy. My guest today is part of a group that was at one time probably the biggest group to have ever existed, as in how many band members it actually had, as in 10. When formed, they were called the self-proclaimed pioneers of chav culture by their creator. They went on to have seven top 10 singles and two gold certified albums in the UK. There are now four original members left in the band and they are one of the headline acts on the pop stage of this year's Reminisce Festival in St. Helens, near Liverpool, on the 9th of September. It's a pleasure to welcome one of them here today, Melody, a.k.a. Chris McKechnie, to the show. Hi, Chris. Hi there,
1: how you doing? I'm good, mate. Do, do I call you Melody or do I call you Chris? I <laughs> hey, call me whatever you want, but Chris, most of my mates just call me Melo now. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah, I think- I think my wife and my mum my are probably the only people that call me Chris nowadays. <laughs> oh, okay. Like if you've been naughty as well, if you've done... St. Yeah, Carl. exactly. No, that's Christopher if I've been naughty. <laughs> right, okay. That's when it's yeah. really serious. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I remember. So I used to work on the Saturday show. I don't you know whether you remember coming on that. It was like the Saturday yeah. BBC show. And I remember when you guys came in. I mean, it was pandemonium. I mean, t- <laughs> 10 members of a band. I mean, it must have been madness being all of you going around the country, the world together.
1: Yeah, it was crazy all the time, but it, it, it was it was mad, but it was also just normal because it was all we knew, really. From we was all together in school, and then from school doing the band, we was all together as well. So I think we we just took it all in our stride. Every day was just fun.
0: So how did it? How did it? How did Blazing Squad first come about then? Because I know at first when you start releasing stuff, it was like underground white labels that then kind of. Yeah. That's how it's about. How did it start at school? Did you just get together at school?
1: Yeah, so but originally in school we was like two different groups of like five MCs, because um, like garage music was big at the time. So we used to do a lot of like MCing, and um, whenever there was like a party at school or like someone had a free house or whatever, we, it would be either one one of the groups of five would take the decks and do the music and the in. and then another boy from our school done um, work experience in a studio. And it cost like 200 quid to make a song. So we wanted a song of our own because it was 200 quid. We thought, let's put the two bands together, 20 quid each. All um, right. We originally just made the song to have our own song to play at these house parties. And we ended up getting signed off of the back of that, that song. I think the people that produced it showed it to some of the right people. And East West um, ended up picking it up and, and signing us. That's amazing.
0: So, yeah. so when you say first sign, was that were you signed when you did the underground white labels? That was with the company, wasn't it?
1: No, uh, so that was that was kind of like a, a a tester one. There was a guy that wanted to sign us, um, so we us and him kind of set up our own little label called Weighty Plates Music, um, and we we put a the, the couple of songs out on on the underground, and they done pretty well. So then the main label took us on, and then that's when. Uh, we ended up doing crossroads and recording the album
0: yeah cuz i think one of them <clears throat> i think i read one of the white labels made it to like 78 or something in the top 100 which was like pretty unheard of for that album.
1: yeah yeah so it, <clears throat> i think what up that it went number 1 in, on the underground charts but then actually made it into the official charts as well which was which was like at the, at the time kind of wasn't really happening
0: and then <clears throat> so you did get signed obviously what was that like as a so so when you joined as this 10 five or five and did you just not go back from that then once you'd started recording as a team no once we once
1: we'd done that we kind of realized that it worked it worked quite well so obviously we we all knew each other well from school anyway um and it was kind of one of the kind of like the mordom area really and it must have been like so when you
0: actually got signed and like you said you released the first big single the kind of debut single to the world was um a cover of the bone thugs and harmony song crossroads Uh, yeah it must have been inc- I mean, like, there's ten of you from school suddenly signed a major record deal. What
1: I mean, what was it like? It's, to be honest, like, whenever, whenever, like, I hear it explained back like that, I realise how big of a deal it, it actually was. But at the time, I think because there were so many of us and we was all just surrounded by our mates still, I don't think any of us really took a grasp on how big of a deal it was at the time. Because yes. it wasn't really something that we was out searching for, it kind of it and kind you'd already of been almost, doing it, almost yeah, fell on our laps, yeah. Um, so I don't think we even even when Crossroads went to number one, I think we knew it. We knew it was a big deal, but we kind of just thought, oh, that must just be how it goes. You put a song out and it goes number one because it was the first time we'd put a song out, um, like like a, in, in the mainstream. And I think we kind of just took it in our stride. Really <laughs> yeah, it took it for a bit for granted, I, in I suppose. Crossroads.
0: I think back then as well, actually, it kind of was the way things were going. It's like it was the era of bands and it was the era of that people releasing songs and kind of going straight to number one with their first singles. It became kind of part of part the part. Well, I think people were being dropped from their record label if they didn't go to number one straight away. Yeah,
1: well, you, well definitely if you weren't in like the top 10 or like or, or top five. And, and the thing is, well, we, it's, it's kind of hard because as good as it is to come straight in at number one, it then means anything after that. Like, yeah, need to replicate that? it. Yeah. yeah, it's like a lot of pressure. After I think it, after Crossroads was when we kind of started to feel the pressure of we need to actually like put work in the graph to 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 keep this going. And when you when they told you was it their decision to
0: release a cover? I mean, were you kind of pleased as a as a group to release a cover? As again, it was kind of like part of the course back then. Often when new bands do a mean, big cover.
1: It was a bit of yes and no, really, because as MCs at the time, we we really liked to like kind of write our own our own raps and verses and stuff. So when they put the song to us, obviously we all knew of the song Bone Funks and Harmony, um, Crossroads at the time, and we was kind of like, can we really can we really touch this song? Um, And we said we we would give it a go, but we didn't want to do. There was no way we was going to do like the original raps. So we said to them, like, "As, as long as we can write our own verses. Um, to put our own kind of spin on it, then then we'll give it a go. Um, we was, uh, Standard Flow was originally actually meant to be the first single and, and a lot of the footage from the video of Crossroads was shot for another song. Oh, and right, that, okay. kind of done like a U-turn at, at the last minute and we had to reshoot like all the lip sync parts for Crossroads. Um, and it obviously ended up being the right decision because it, it went number one. <laughs> Sorry if you can hear my son crying. Oh, that's though. all
0: right. I was going to say, yeah, how life's changed <laughs> yeah. now. Listen yeah. to now. But, um, and then as a group of 10, I mean, talking about earlier, like I remember you guys coming on the Saturday show. So if you had like West Live, you, and I remember, you know, you'd have like about 30 artists. uh, Was it, did it become a bit of a night? Because, you know, as bands stay together, as we all know, loads of bands then have in fights and stuff. Was it, did the fame kind of affect you as a group?
1: No, I think, I think in that sense, the advantage we had over a lot of other bands, a lot of other bands were kind of put together. So there was like, members from all different walks of life kind of being put together into a house and and having to work together whereas we'd all grown up with each other so none of us had a problem with telling one of the other ones to shut up or pipe down yeah or yeah if there was being out of line we we kind of kept each other in line um I because suppose we grew up already, together so
0: yeah i suppose you already knew each other's like right like if so-and-so's feeling like that don't <laughs> don't make it yeah. worse or whatever yeah exactly and uh, then, so did you, uh, where, were you big around, how many places do you remember travelling around loads? Like, because again, at the time, they were pushing bands left, right and centre. I mean, I I always say, I remember bands used to turn up at the Saturday show and some of them forgot what country they were in because they were doing so much <laughs> promo. Were you the same? Yeah.
1: Um, we was, not quite as much as the other bands for for, for some reason, probably because it, it would cost the label twice. Oh as yes, much it, as it cost, God, need so a, many members, you need a whole yeah. plane, but yeah. I remember we was back and forth from Germany a lot. We had a really big following in Germany, so I think they kind of um, focused more on the the countries that we were having the bigger followings in, like Holland, uh, Germany. We went to Norway a few times, um, and I know we had some success out in Asia, but we never actually got to go out there.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, because Asia was massive. For like, I remember yeah. I went on tour with Blue to Asia, and oh my god, I've never yeah. seen anything like it. It was crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, which we was gutted about because we, we we'd hear from all the other artists how, how good it was out there, um, but it just I don't know it just never fell on our roster for us to to go out there.
0: And how did like the lifestyle change? Were you all partying suddenly, or again, did you all uh, were you all quite workaholics? What was it? Was it suddenly mad um, think- to have money and to be invited to like yeah. everywhere?
1: Yeah, I think it was like a bit, a bit of both. We was, we was all really like work we, we hardly had a day off back then. I mean, it would be, it would be like press day, then it would be studio, photo shoot, then it would be like a, a, show. Um, so there was a lot, a lot going on. A lot of the partying would happen maybe more for like after shows and stuff. Um, but bearing in mind as well, we was, we was only like 16, 17 at the time. Yeah, I would say so yeah. A lot, 18, and a lot yeah. of nightclubs knew, knew of our age. But I mean, when we, when <laughs> yeah. we, done, the, when we done the Smash Hits tour with um all the other artists at the time like Girls Aloud, Westlife and all those sugar babes, there was always after parties and we we somehow always managed to get into the after parties and the nightclubs for that tour. So that, that was really a lot of good memories from then.
0: <laughs> yeah, good old Smash hits. Yeah. Um, your smash hits was amazing. Um so then let's carry on. So Crossroads obviously straight to one. Like you said, then it's hard to keep that up and you had four more top ten hits before Flip Reverse, which I'm gonna pick yeah. on because that was picked to relaunch top of the pops wasn't it yeah yeah so that, that must was, have been um, a cool thing to do as well
1: yeah that was great because i think at the time i think andy peters had become um the the new like boss at top of the pops and when we first started out he was uh, he'd done our media training so he kind of got us oh wow okay prepped for tv and radio the do's and don'ts don't you chewing gum and all those all those sort of things so when he when he launched the show um he asked us to do it and he, he'd done a great setup for it actually i think we had like the most extras there's ever been on there i say it started outside the building with like 100 extras so that, that was that was really good
0: where was that outside the television center
1: yeah the television center so i think we had like 100 people all in place wow. and, and we all had our hoods up and then we kind of came on the stage and then us 10 took our hoods off and then all the rest were like backing dancers but oh, that's really cool yeah there's a, a lot of rehearsal time went into that one <laughs>
0: And you must have been, because you were kind of quite stand outish. That, like you mentioned, there were girls Aloud, Westlife, Blue, they were all kind of in the same genre in a way. There was a lot of pop. Yeah, wasn't really a band like you guys, was there? You were the only no. one kind of doing it.
1: Yeah, we was. I mean, our our um our our music and style, even what we wore and how we carried ourselves, was was very different to to everyone else. And I think that's another thing that, that kind of stands out when you've got like a, a band that's like organically formed rather than rather than kind of pieced together. Because um, we and at, as I say, we wasn't kind of hunting or looking to become pop stars. It kind of just fell on our laps. So we kind yeah. of tried to be, to be as much ourselves as we, as we could. And when you our, say like well, that, did the organicness stay? Did the record
0: company try to push you in certain directions? Because as we weren't no like styling and stuff like that, did you stay quite in control of that?
1: Well, with the styling, I'd say we, I'd say we did. We we we'd definitely be like in in like discussion with the stylists and stuff of what we did and didn't like. Um, I think the music that we put out um, became more influenced by the record label. Um, so I think some of the singles that we put out had it been up to us, may we may not have chosen. Um, I mean things like Love and the Lion. Um, I remember at the time looking back on it now it was quite a good uh, single because it done it done it done well but at the time we had loads of arguments between us and the label because they wanted it out and we really didn't like the song at the time right um, so there'd be a lot of back and forth more about the, the the style of music we was doing rather than anything else and i'm guessing
0: you Ted normally agreed on stuff like that because otherwise that's a whole different but if you're all disagreeing as well did you all
1: kind of have the same mindset about tracks and what was good and what yeah i think there might have been some of us that were saying oh well we don't like it but the label must know what they're doing like kind of trying to convince the other guys that were really against it and there'd be a few back and forth between us but ultimately we'd all try and put the same argument forward as as like as a unit to to the to the record label we'd kind of all <laughs> yeah poor record of had each other they were like <laughs> here they come here come
0: these 10 again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. bring the four but, um, blue boys back god we've got ten yeah them.
1: but no." Normally they'd 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 throw a load of new free trainers and close up so, oh, Right, brilliant. And and then get their own way in the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, while you're trying to want to get you to sign over the, the next single. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. um so then the second album, obviously it didn't quite have the same well, it didn't have the same sales. So it only reached thirty six. I mean like I say yeah. thirty six, that's still amazing. But obviously, yeah. did you kind of start thinking then, right, <laughs> this could be the end of the deal.
1: Yeah it was a bit that I remember that time being a bit of a, a a weird time because that's when all like um Limewire and all the illegal downloads came out. Ah right that's when like that started kind of, right okay. Yeah kind of like the transition into like online music because we was we was doing tours and stuff and and selling out shows like the tickets were were flying off but then the the sales weren't um weren't weren't matching that and then we we'd turn up to like a a CD store to do like a signing of the new album. And loads of fans would be turning up with like burnt copies of, of the oh, album. really, weren't they? Yeah. So so they was like getting the album, but they weren't paying for the album. Because oh, um, right. so, anyone I listening,
0: we, basically Limewire was I remember Limewire used to do it, even though I think yeah. it was illegal I think, wasn't it? But it's where you yeah. basically download music and obviously the first thing to come on the scene like that was like, What free music? This is amazing. But yeah, it took yeah but as if people had the cheat to bring a real version. Know, yeah. it,
1: in the end, our record label started um, putting people on, on, at like the front of the queue to to check what CDs they had, and if they had burnt ones, then they'd send them and say, "You know, you have to buy the actual album." <laughs> right, okay, yeah. yeah. So I think we kind of—I don't want to blame it all on that, but I think that played a part. I think we did become slight victims of that because it was like the transition from from buying hard copies of music to to downloading music,
0: and also I think though it was that time, like it's a bit. Of, I mean, the whole industry's changed beyond recognition now. Yeah. But- it was like 30, like I'm saying 36, like 36 was seen as rubbish, but actually 36 now, like Kylie, obviously Kylie Minogue recently, you know, has just made it back into the top 10, which everyone's like, wow. And you're kind of like just the top 10, but we were of that mindset that, you know, number one or anything below five was yeah. rubbish, aren't we? Which now exactly, it's not like yeah. that.
1: No, I mean, I think one of our singles, I'm not sure which one I think was number six or seven. Um, And I remember us all thinking, oh God, that's rubbish. That's really bad. That's terrible. <laughs> um but i mean nowadays if we if were to put a single out now and it went to number seven you know we'd be jumping with joy
0: yeah yeah it's it's mad isn't it how things have changed unbelievable so yeah. obviously then you didn't get the third album so um that was the well it was kind of the end of the band because then was it soon after that that basically because we're in 2005 now we must be around the same time and then so i think the first move was strider flavor and kenzie signed a new deal and they started friday hill so yeah that, how how was that there was that like uh agree by one or was that a bit of a a bit of a stump in the road
1: yeah I'm, to be honest so long ago i don't really remember how that all how that all played out but i mean it wouldn't have been any kind of snakiness or anything like that right, I mean, okay was it wasn't those, like a well, clear relationship no Who went and did their own song no no i mean we, we was all quite open with each other and stuff and all all kind of happy for each other to go and do to go and do what they wanted to do and i think those three were just naturally spending a lot of time in the studio making making new tracks and then it got picked up. So it kind of would have been a bit unfair for any of us to be like, well, I, I want to jump on that as well because they'd kind of been putting the work yeah, into yeah, it yeah. to, to get songs um, written and recorded while the rest of us were kind of, uh, Baron Idol kind of letting life just kind of flow by. Yeah, and that's often, I mean, so many guests come on
0: this and that's after that, normally the 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 normal path seems to be you have that success, then it goes and then you kind of spend a couple of years maybe a bit lost kind of spending money that you've earned
1: and then kind of yeah.
0: realizing oh, i need to do something now
1: yeah i mean i I, re- I remember i remember kind of thinking at the time oh well i was in blazing squad i don't need to go and and, and look look for anything someone's going to come and find me and sign me
0: right so okay I, yeah I,
1: I kind of had that kind of mentality about it for about a year and then kind, and then sort of realize ah uh, maybe i'm not, maybe i'm not that special and i need to get up off my butt and, and start trying <laughs> to do something and that's kind of what fame does. I mean, I think that still happens now, because basically when you are
0: famous, you're kind of, you know, you've got people doing stuff for you. Like you say, buying you clothes, organising yeah. your food. And it must be hard for that not to, even if it doesn't go to your head in terms of you become a dickhead, but if, even if it, it must go to your head in terms of just normal life kind of doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. That, that kind of becomes normal life. You kind of feel like getting picked up every day in a, in a Mercedes car and going somewhere where there's loads of free clothes for you to try on and having everything sort of laid out for you, you kind of start feeling like that's just what life is. And did you Obviously. did you did you suffer? Yeah, after afterwards. I mean, in all
0: seriousness, did you kind of go through a bit of a but, or, or did you just come to terms with it easily?
1: I think I think it's probably different. But if I was a solo artist going through it on my own, then maybe I would have. Yeah, because there was like ten of us, and we was all still in contact, all still, all still doing stuff together and whatnot. It, it was a, it was probably a lot easier because you're not kind of dealing with it on your own. You're having conversations with each other of, oh, what should we try and do now?" Or "What do you think of this?" Or "Should we try and do this?" And it's kind of a, a process that you're all going through together. So I think that that definitely made it a lot easier for all of us. And you did reform
0: in two thousand six. That kind of went on for a bit. Obviously then that didn't happen. So I'm gonna whiz through all the band members. Just tell me like if you're still in touch and what are they what are obviously so in the band now there's freak Rocky B, uh um no it's not, sorry, who's in the band now? It's you. Uh, yeah. It is, isn't it? It's free. Rocky Beats yeah. I key. Yeah, you're yeah, the four in the band. Right. Uh, what are the yeah. other, do you keep it? So what's Ken, I mean, because I'm guessing that in the meantime, obviously we're talking a long time ago, 2006, and you four haven't been together all that time. Did you all go and get kind of, have you all stayed just in musical? Or have you all gone and got kind of, I mean, I hate to say normal jobs, but other jobs?
1: Yeah, a lot of, a lot of us have got normal jobs now. We still do, and then the four of us still do, do quite a few shows. Um, but we kind of, to, to, it's, it's not our main it's not our main thing now we kind of do it more because it's good for us to get together we still get to travel up and down the country doing shows make a bit of extra money yeah, doing great, it as well and it's a good time but um, I don't think we'd ever try and put the pressure of making it full time back onto it again um, so what, because that kind what, of takes the fun out of it yeah what do you do now? I work, I work just me and one of my other friends now with a uh, security company doing like oh, okay. uh, arms and all that sort of stuff um and then obviously doing the shows with the boys um and that's great i mean what a great little pastime like i don't know if it's pastime but uh,
0: no because obviously you're married now you've got kids so life changes in yeah. that respect anyway so i'm sure your wife wouldn't want you going around the world
1: uh no yeah uh, I mean, with, with the band my son my son was only born in um october of last year and then the month after he was born um i was off on tour for pretty much the whole of november and december Oh no, um, so that was a bit of a struggle. Yes, I don't think she'd appreciate me doing that every month. <laughs> no, and it's quite <laughs> yeah. cool that,
0: that, like, it's really come back, hasn't it? Like, uh, that, like, the retro-ness has really, yeah, uh, it used to be a bit cheesy at people, now it's completely celebrated, which is amazing. So, yeah, I mean, people must seem great. to love it Yeah, it must be great when you do like the Reminisce Festival. Who else is there this year? There's, I mean, there's loads of people, isn't no, there?
1: there's loads of people there. Yeah, I mean, you've got us, uh, I think Heather Small for Men People. Um Boy's Life, which I think is one of the members from West Life and um, Boys Own. Uh, yeah, we've had them Benga, on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Banger Boys, Fats and Small. Banger Boys amazing. Um, yeah, there's, there's a there's a whole, a whole list of loads of people. I think and Chesney you, Holtz
0: is there. Do you um oh Chesney Holt's been on as well? Yeah. Uh, do you um, <laughs> do you remember loads of these people as well? Is it like because I always said I've said to people like oh, well older that more the 80s pop stars, like the power and stuff. I'm like, do you now have a hot chocolate instead of like a bottle of whiskey afterwards and she's like no I still have a (laughs) bottle of whiskey is it is it weird going back to see some of the people you would have hung around with and it's like now what 30 years later
1: yeah it is and it is and it isn't because I mean we've been doing shows like these sort of shows and like this kind of like circuit of shows for for a few years now so um we're bumping into like the same people quite often maybe like six or seven times a year um, so it's nice to to bump into people and, and catch up and see how busy they've been, where they've been doing shows and, and whatnot. And it's um it's quite good to hang around afterwards and have a little chit chat. It's not quite the after parties that are used to. Not quite that. the wild part. I would have loved <laughs> no, to have the
0: wall in one of those after parties. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my uh my biggest story was going to when Britney Spears had her film out, we went to the her after party of that. And I can't even tell you the stories that happened. It was like, wow, that was my first yeah view of like wow
1: i bet that was mental
0: yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah some other people i just i've just found it some other people um tony DeBart. oh my god the real thing Fats and small yeah the out here brothers the out here brothers um you as we said had a small um i love Heather Batman man scoop batman scoop yeah uh, <laughs> Happy brown k class so we got oh my god that's gonna be absolutely amazing if yeah. you want to get tickets by the way i've got the website here it's 9th of september uh, Shirley Park I think it is in St Helens yeah. which is near in Liverpool St. Helens, yeah. Saturday night, September and you go to www.reminisce I can't even spell it so I'll spell it for you R-E-M-I-N-I-S-C-E didn't realise it had that Ian in. Yeah, uh, t-
1: t- Festival.com. Festival. Well, Go on. We had a song out called Reminisce, and I still don't know how to spell the word. No, it's really thrown <laughs> me
0: seeing that now. I'm like, oh, wow, that's how it's spelled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and which songs, which is there a song that's still, what about the fans actually, quickly? What about the fans? Are they, do you now have kind of, because I've been to concerts to see, um, like retro acts and it's like weird because there's people at my age that are obviously the original fans, yeah. and then there's a whole new generation of people's kids that now like this band.
1: Yeah. I mean, so we definitely have like some of the the fans that were following us all their years ago still turn up. Um And it's people like a lot closer to our age, but I think with um, Marcel doing Love Island as well, I think that's oh, kind of, of yeah. opened up, opened up the door to like a, um, a, a a younger fan base as well. So there is some like some younger people that turn up and seem to know our, our song still, which is a bit weird. Yeah, that is weird, isn't it? What were your
0: f- yeah. did your fans have a name back in the day? Uh the Squadettes, Blazing Squadettes. Oh, it's <laughs> the, the Blazing Squadettes. Yeah. I loved it. And it was crazy times, wasn't it? I mean, they were literally fans were. I remember going, like, I did shoots with A1 and the Backstreet Boys, and it was like, oh my god, like it was mental. Yeah.
1: It was because I think nowadays you have so much access to the artists that you're interested in that you've got there's no need to kind of leave your house to go and see what they're up to whereas back then there was no social media so no, yeah, true. to, to, to realise that the band that you that you like listening to is is in, in a venue near to where you live or doing a TV show up the road it was, it was reason to get up and get out of your house early and we used to turn up to like SMTV and Saturday show, there'd be loads of fans waiting outside. But I think nowadays you don't really get that because they can just watch them on their on their Instagram live.
0: just DM them or DM them. Yeah, exactly. Not that I'm sure many people get replies if they DM people. But, uh, uh, well, listen, mate, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming out. Fond memories of, like, the Saturday show and literally running around trying to find, like, member seven of the band when we were, like, live on air in five, five seconds or something. Like, oh, my God, we've only got to quickly do a count and a name check. Um, and, yeah, Revenis Festival, everyone, go and see you. Go and see all those other acts. And, yeah, amazing for coming on. Thanks, mate. With you. Thanks for having me. I love Fridays and going retro with pop from the box. There are more pop stars coming your way very soon, as well as lots of TV and soap stars. Remember, Lucy Fallon was my guest this week. Download that and listen to that now. And on Monday, star of one of the best television shows the last few years i think ted lasso annette badland she ran the pub in ted lasso she was also aunt babe in eastenders she joins me for a very special chat have a great weekend it's going to be sunny everyone i'm so excited have a great one and i'll see you on monday